from one devil's personality to another. It's now time to talk to Jake Wakely about the pending offseason for the New Jersey Devils. Similar to Jersey Joe, we're going to talk about trades, free agency, the draft, and more in this two-part episode. Part one is today, so hopefully you guys enjoy it. Buckle up. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. Elias scores! Oh, Steven stepped up, nailed him. Rodora's got the puck. What a shot. The Devils win the Stanley Cup. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play announcer. And also Dell's writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. Joined alongside me is a fellow Devils personality. You might know him alongside with Jersey Joe and a few other Devils news personalities. It is Jake Wakely. Jake, how are you doing on this evening? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I can't complain. So I talked to uh, one of your buddies, like I mentioned, Jersey Joe. He's a recurring friend of the show. And we basically talked all things Devils, uh, ranging from the draft. We talked about free agent, uh, possible signings, trades, whatever the case might be. I don't know how closely you've been following along with my show, but I love doing silly season discussions that involve like certain trade scenarios, uh, things of that nature, you know, just to keep the off season a little more entertaining because obviously it's been a while since the devils have been in the playoffs this is our fourth straight year of not making uh, the postseason. So ultimately just got to keep uh, the, the juices flowing. If, if you know what I mean. So Anyway, uh, Jake, can you give a little insight as to what you do for uh, the Devils in terms of just like covering them and things of that nature? Yeah, so I, I started, um, I'm more so just like an avid fan, you know, like everybody else. Um, I don't really miss a game. I try and make it my uh, nature to make sure I'm, you know, on the couch in front of the TV because I, I actually reside clo- about an hour from Toronto, Ontario. So, um, you know, and I decided after years of watching the devils that I would start my own podcast and it was, it was raising hell in Jersey. And then obviously things got busy with my daughter and stuff when she was born. So kind of put it off to the side on hiatus, but we're kind of in the works of getting it back up and running with uh, me and Jim uh, Berenger. We're going to kind of do all things devils related. I know he has some, uh, connections uh, he's definitely a guy who's trying to get himself up and into the reporting world and you know trying to give get him the credit he deserves and but you know I don't really do much writing for any articles I just you know I've played the game my entire life and just an avid hockey fan like all you and I want to see the devils be as successful as possible I know we've we've all been waiting a long time for that one so but yeah, I'm here to answer any questions that you guys have and I'll do my best to give as much information as I can for what I've heard and what I think is going to happen as well. Awesome. We're going to have a lot of fun. What, what position did you play during your uh, playing career? Uh, I was a goalie. Goal oh, great. We're going to have a boatload of fun then. So basically yeah. uh, to start off, what were your opinions throughout the course of the year? Did the New Jersey Devils meet your expectations? Did they fall short did they somehow exceed your expectations like what were your thoughts as the season concluded uh, a couple weeks ago um, 
they definitely failed my expectations because I thought for sure they were going to, you know, with the addition of Dougie Hamilton that, you know, they were going to take a step and all things considered by the way Fitzgerald had talked after that, he was saying they wanted to play meaningful games by, you know, February, March and into April. And, you know, the Devils started hot. I think they started seven and three right off the bat. And then, you know, once, once Jack Hughes got hurt in that game against Seattle, you kind of stay optimistic because I think it was like three games into the season when that happened. And, you know, they still had Nico and stuff. So they still had a, like a number one center who could fill in that role. But you noticed it on not only the power play, but I found there's zone entries. Like when Jack got hurt, the team just kind of lost that like edge about them, like that, that spunk, as you know, we like to say. And, you know, it showed. And then they went in for a bit of a spiral as they, they always seem to start off hot. And then we get our expectations up here. And then all of a sudden it just kind of goes down here. But there was the whole Blackwood, you know, the vaccination thing and the heel and whatnot. But I think really, I don't think the team is as far away as some people are making it out to be. Like we saw this year, I know Lindy Ruff takes a lot of criticism from this fan base. And I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to touch on that here in a bit, but the one thing I will give Lindy credit for is he's very good at developing young players. We saw him do it in Dallas with Sagan, Ben and Klingberg. And then coming here, we saw this year that Nico Heischer took a massive step forward. Uh, and then he continued his dominance in the world championships for Switzerland. Uh, Jack Hughes obviously took the step we all were hoping he was going to take. And I believe Jack was on point or on pace, sorry, for 90 to a hundred points in an 82 game season. And that's without star wingers on his side. I know Jesper Bratt had a nice breakout season and, but you know, you're seeing those Heischer and uh, Hughes take that step and you know that's what Fitzgerald has touched on that we're going to go for it when they take that next step and it feels like that's arrived and then they have obviously their prospects that are coming up in the system and then this draft moving forward but you know it's definitely and they had 420 goal scores so like I thought the record wasn't great but it was more progress than punishment for the Devils moving forward if that makes sense I would have to agree with what uh, you said, obviously uh, with Jack Hughes, he would have been the first devil player in franchise history to get a hundred points um, because Patrick Elias never did it. Taylor Hall never did it despite winning the Hart uh, Memorial trophy during his time with New Jersey. Um, obviously Dougie Hamilton fell underneath expectations, but that was due to the fact that, you know, he suffered a facial fracture in January, never really recovered from it. He was out for what, like nearly two months. So ultimately, you know, it, it did falter expectations a little bit. I thought the Devils could definitely be like a dark horse team going into the season. Like maybe they could be like a, a, a team to compete for a wild card spot. And I fully believe that if with a successful offseason, they can definitely uh, do it next year, but they got to stay fully healthy. Obviously, COVID procedures have lightened up a little bit. So 
there, there's not going to be many issues with like players being out due to COVID procedures or things of that nature, because I believe they're only testing players who have symptoms. And I don't know what the system is going to be like come next year, but ultimately COVID procedures have lightened up a little bit. So glad for that. And then ultimately it's just like, you know, uh, with the Devils, they're heading in the right direction. I didn't personally think Lindy Ruff was the problem. And to add to your point about Lindy Ruff developing young players, I'll add Adam Fox into the mix as well, because Adam Fox, defenseman for the New York Rangers, won the Norris Trophy last year. And during um, his time as an assistant coach for the New York Rangers, Lindy Ruff was in charge of the defensive schemes for the Rangers. So I'll throw in Adam Fox into the mix as well. So Ultimately, yeah, I mean, the Devils did go underneath expectations, but I feel as though going back what to you said, uh, you are absolutely correct, which is they're not as far behind as people are making them out to be. And when I'm talking about like making a big trade with my colleagues at Locked On, whatever the case might be, they're just like laughing at me saying like, oh yeah, the Devils finished second to last in their division. <laughs> and yet you want to trade the second overall pick. Yeah, it seems like you're heading in the right direction. I'm just like, yeah, you're a casual fan. You're not a Devils fan. You're just like looking at record and you're looking at stats. You're not looking at the overall narrative. You're not looking at the overall big picture, which is Devils were heading in the right direction. But ultimately, you know, what what hindered us? Injuries. Like you said, Jack Hughes got hurt second game of the year. And then he was shut down early on um, before the season ended because uh, he got injured during a game. I, 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 get, I forgot against which team. Was it the Calgary Flames or something like that? Um, um, Seattle, 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 Seattle crack. was a Seattle was the second game of the year. Seattle was the second game of the year, but um, yeah, so, yeah. So that, yeah, sorry. So that would, that would have been the game he got hurt. Cause I remember he went into the corner and he got hit and then he, he went down and he was like grabbing his shoulder, leaving and you could hear him screaming going off the ice. I, I yeah. Cause they won the game, but it was more the concern after that. Yeah. How long was he going to be out? Because Jack Hughes went down second game of the year against the Seattle Kraken due to a shoulder injury because he got hit by uh, Lawson and that caused some rift between the Kraken and the Devils, which I believe now they're going to be like rivals going forward. I think it's a Kraken are one of my favorite teams to play, even though they're I know this is their first this was their first season and you know I, I know they're trying to establish themselves, but I think a little bit of a rivalry is brewing between the Kraken and the Devils. But digressing a bit, Jack Hughes. Um, had to uh, was able to return, but ultimately late on in the season, um, he was shut down early because he suffered another injury. I just forgot which team that was against, but ultimately uh, the main point is that the devils were injured. They dealt with COVID and ultimately uh, you know, that it really hindered our development. But at the same time, there were a lot of bright spots. Like we saw a lot of these young guys able to, you know, take their games to another level. Like someone like Fabian Zetterlin, for example, big guy, who definitely adds more size. Jonas Siegenthaler was able to become a consistent defenseman in the rotation for New Jersey Devils and was one of our better defensemen. Ryan Graves was actually a pretty good pickup for the Devils. Ultimately, and you said you're a former goalie, uh, so I can ask your perspective on this. What's it like when you're like Mackenzie Blackwood and you're, you're trying to be Superman, you're trying to carry the team on your back, but ultimately it's just like you're playing in like, what, nine or 10 straight games? And you and you you just can't really get a break, and then ultimately you reaggravate an injury, whatever the case might be. I know it's a little specific, but what what's that feeling like of just like putting that wear and tear on your body? Like, can you provide some insight? Uh, it's 
mentic mentally and physically exhausting. So I remember, you know, I was playing competitive, you know, rep hockey when I was a kid and for, I think it was two or three straight years, we had lost our other goalie. He went and was playing somewhere else. So I was the only guy for three straight years. So I remember, you know, I had to go in and I was sick and, I remember we were in a playoff series and I had um, tore both of my groins. So, and that's after, you know, stretching before a game and, you know, you're forced to kind of go in there and play and, you know, it's, it's tough. Cause you know, you're, you're moving so much and you rely so much as a goalie, especially not so much on your upper body, but everything is that you do majority is in your lower body. So, not only for your groin, like for me, like you're moving side to side. Every time you move, you're like, it's like it's tightening up and it's hurting, but you got it. You're pushing through it. But more so for him, like I understand. Listen, I understand the fans' criticism of him because he was drafted in the second round. You know, he's had spurts where he's looked like, okay, he's got the potential to be a top 10 goalie. He also has stretches where he's not very good either. And I think the heel played a big part in that because we saw when he came back, he was definitely more sort of maybe not a hundred percent, but he was more going towards the McKenzie Blackwood that we know he can be. Um, you could tell the heel was bothering him. And time for the first live read this morning and comes from our friends at Rock Auto. So with the ever increasing numbers of makes and miles, it's now impossible for your local chain all parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter or is a parts on their computer choosing the only brand their warehouse has to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every consumer. It is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. They have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website to find all the solutions to your all-parts needs. Go to rockout.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their How'd You Hear About Us box. So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com, everybody. And now the second live read comes from our friends at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, news, odds, including this year's basketball championship matchup, the NHL Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and, of course, the latest fighting news from MMA and UFC to boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Please remember to gamble responsibly and visit our friends at Locked On Bets for all your betting needs there as well. For the people that don't understand, like your your legs and your heel is plays a big part because you're you're moving and as you turn on your angles, you know you gotta you gotta move your heel a lot with your skate. So every time you move, you're you're potentially aggravating it even more, and it, it does affect. So like it'll affect your play. I, I've had the exact same injury. It's not, it takes a long time to fully recover. Um, it didn't help the devil's cause when Bernier went down. Um, so, but, you know, Nico Dawes come in. He, he definitely wasn't ready, but he showed spurts. Like he could be the guy eventually. Um, you know, Schmi didn't really work out as we, you know, we all kind of expected, you know, Maybe Wedgwood was one that got away there because he turned. He looked really good when he went to Dallas. 
or Comrie. Or Comrie, Com- and that's another one. That's a, that's a guy I want to touch on once we get talking about the uh, potential uh, targets here come the offseason for goaltending. But the Devils need to figure this out because Crawford retired, and then Bernier, from what I've heard, it doesn't – it could end up being a career-ending thing for Jonathan Bernier, more so because of his age, and his injury is – very very like tough to come back from so but listen if the devils are serious and they want to compete in that division because it looks tough now but are the rangers the rangers are going to be a playoff contender probably in a playoff team probably for like a good a good 10 years but they're not gonna their stanley cup window though isn't as wide open as people think it is like they did get lucky you know, Panarin signed there, you know, there's a bandaged trade, whatever. But, you know, Pittsburgh's on a downfall here. Their guys are getting older. Washington's guys are getting older. Philadelphia, you know, God knows what they're doing over there. But cap space the Islanders. Is, cap space isn't good. And also their their roster is not really good. So they're really in a no. – and not in an ideal situation because we have cap space but not all that good of a roster. But the Flyers – what was, what were they thinking with Rasmus Ristolainen? That was my question. But but yeah, that, and I know there was talk. There was talk about the Devils going after him there for a bit, and I was just like, no, please no. And then they signed Dougie Hamilton, and it worked out. Obviously, I'm not worried about Dougie at all. Dougie's going to be fine. The Islanders, that's Lamorello. He just likes his age veterans. Like Carolina's going to be good, but like it's not. The Metropolitan is a little more wide open than I think people think it is. And if the Devils add a piece or two here, then, you know, they might be able to push some teams and go, hey, oh, I don't want to have to play the Devils now. You know what I mean? But we want to get to that that point for them uh, moving forward, especially um, as they look to get better and better. Now, like, do you want me to talk about some of the goaltending, like, targets here who I think they could um, – you know what? As Lockdown Senators once said, this is a goalie-friendly show. So go ahead. Like I've talked with Jersey Joe about some um, uh, goaltending options. So some of the names that have come to mind are like Darcy Kemper, Jack Campbell, un- uh, said to become unrestricted free agents. We've, we've talked about Vitek Vanacek, restricted free agent. We talked about uh, Billy Huso. He's said to be an unrestricted free agent. However, that might be a little risky. He's only played in a few NHL games. So Ultimately, you know, I've been going all over the board for potential goalie options for New Jersey Devils, whether it be a starter or a backup. I'm just, here's the three criteria I'm looking for for a goalie. Someone who adds stability, someone who has experience, and someone who can act as a mentor towards Mackenzie Blackwood. Now, whether that's a starter or, or a backup, I don't really care, just as long as we have a reliable tandem duo uh, of goalies because we can't keep playing musical chairs with it. So, um, you know what? I've heard from Jersey Joe. I've heard from others. So, Jake, what you got for me? Uh, the Devils are going to be go- – they, they are going to try on Billy Huso. I will say that. And, you know, I've, I've talked to Jim um, about this. I've talked to my buddy Alex about this. Like, Huso only had one good year. And does he play if Bennington got hurt? That's the question – I continue to come back to. So I, his age fits. Obviously as fans, if it happens, we don't have a say in the matter. 
Um, the one for me is, and you know, you know, people look at the save percentage of like 0.904 and go, okay, well, that's not very good. Well, yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Like it's not 0.915 or something crazy like Shesterkin or Vasilevsky put up, but Jack Campbell had like, I think it was a 0.904 save percentage. And he went 31 and nine on the Leafs. And, you know, Campbell's known. He, he starts off great. And then he continues to be great. And then by the middle there, the season quarter mark halfway through kind of drops off a bit. And then towards the end, he picks it up again. Now, Jack Campbell's looking for about $5 million a year. I don't know if the Toronto Maple Leafs are going to pay that right now because they're trying to get unload Peter Morazic and not a lot of teams want him. Uh, if the Devils can get him on, say, a three-year deal at around five, you know, five point five seven five, I think they're definitely going to be in the conversation to eventually, you know, sign Campbell. I now I know Buffalo is Buffalo is interested in him as well, but that, like Jack Campbell's going to have suitors if, as an unrestricted free agent. Now it's just a matter of he's thirty. It's his chance to cash in one last time. The Devils can give him that contract, like you said, because they have the cap space. And, you know, Darcy Kemper, that's, Dar- if you want to swing for the fences, that's the one right there. Yeah, the thing with Darcy Kemper is that, you know, look, the Colorado Avalanche, they're going to the Stanley Cup Finals. So it's just like it would be really hard to try to get Darcy Kemper to leave that organization. What? I think Darcy Kemper is going to go where the money goes or, you know, if that yeah. makes sense. And do you want to pay Darcy Kemper six to 6.5 million? I mean, that's a championship goalie. So that's better than what we got, right? Well, that is better than what we got. I mean, the devils can't really, they can't, they can't be picky. Like they gotta, they gotta close the deal. Like, like that's what like I've, I've said before with others I've talked to is enough talk close the deal and get it done and let's let's get down to brass tacks and let's just move forward and let's go get this thing next season. Uh, they could look at Washington's two goalies, uh, Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. I know Jersey Joe is high on Ilya Samsonov because him and I have talked about that numerous times. I really like, like Ilya Samsonov. I was high on him in his draft year. Uh, I'm torn on them both Washington goalies a little bit because I don't know which version of Samsonov I'm getting all the time. Same with Vanacek. I know some people don't want want them to go get John Gibson from Anaheim, and now I think that would be a good play for the Devils. But from what I've heard, there sounds like if he does get traded, he's gonna he'll he'll be the replacement for Jack Campbell in Toronto if they can move out some money uh alexander georgiev now that's that's an interesting one because i think georgiev can be a number one goaltender and we've seen the devils and the rangers make one trade in the past yeah that's the thing i don't will will our rival work with us that's the thing that's the that's the that's the one that's got they got to get over that yeah but they're because the, I'm sure the Devils would be willing to do a deal, but the Rangers will be like, yeah, we're not helping you. Hang up. Yeah. Kind of thing. So, exactly. 
so it's, that's why it's I kind of it's worth trying. Yeah. It's worth talking about. It's silly season. I, I talk about silly season all the time, but you know, that's just the one concern I have, which is like with this theoretically um, with, with the Rangers theoretically like want to help the devils, because the thing is that the Rangers are sort of like the devils in a sense, which is they're a young team and they've been able to find their niche a little bit, but the devils are still just trying to gel everyone together and I think the Rangers can see that and just be like, yeah, we're not going to help you get back into the playoffs. You, you know, you're on your own. Now, if Lula Morello was the GM, then, you know, I would say, yes, he would, he would absolutely love to help out his Devils because we all know that Lou loves his New Jersey Devils. I, I jokingly say that uh, they're, they should be called the New Jersey Islanders or the, uh, uh, or the, uh, or the New York Devils just because, uh, Lou loves his former Devils players, like for some reason, which there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, because they got what Travis Zajac uh, in the past, they got Kyle Paul, Mary, Corey Schneider. They, I know I'm uh, Andy, let's, Andy Parise. Parise. So yeah, like they've gotten so many former Devils. Like I'm just like Lou Lamorella loves his Devils. So, but uh, digressing a little bit. Um, yeah, I just don't see the Rangers just. Um, wanting to help out the devils. Now the Capitals goalies, um, you know, uh, Samsonov and, and Vanacek, those are definitely, definitely interesting pieces, but you know, the one issue I just have with uh, both of them is just like, you know, what am I going to get? Like if, if I had to choose one or the other, I choose Vanacek just because he had the better season. And, you know, but then again, I look at what he did in the playoffs this season and wasn't pretty. And, you know, no, so that, that, that's he's a goalie that can get you to the playoffs, but he's not going to take you very far. Right. So, you know, um, I know, I know I've had some fans message me and say, you got to call Florida on Spencer Knight, but see, I, not think I, saw, I think I saw a, like a, a, a trade scenario for Spencer Knight that involved uh, Jesper Bratt, I believe. And I'm just like, no way. That no way. I, like I said, I didn't come up with the trade scenario. I just saw it floating around on the internet. What, because, you know, I, I said I would stop being a Devils fan if the Devils were to do that. Because I just don't think that's worth it. Like, I, no, I, I, mean, want a, I want a goalie as much as the next person. But trading Jesper Bratt to get someone like Spencer Knight, that's not a good deal for us. Because... You know, my, my thing about goalies is like, how much production are they going to give you? We're not going to get another Marty Brodeur where they spend 15 plus years with the same organization. Like, uh, you know, Spencer Knight, he's 21 years of age. He's still very young and still, you know, has a bright future. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, it, it's not going to be like a Marty Brodeur situation where he spends like 15 plus seasons with the Devils organization because, you know, that doesn't really happen as much as it as as it used to happen. Like, I'd say like a goalie can spend anywhere from three to four years with an organization, just, just playing it conservatively and just playing it a little safe. So like, you know, if we were to go someone for like Jack Campbell, 30 years of age, like you said, how much, how much production are we going to get out of him? Like to help our organization, I'd say anywhere from three to four years, three, five, yeah, five or something like that. Three, three years is probably what I would draw the contract at saying you're only getting three years if he says I want four, okay, fine. I probably would give him four just because he's 30. But then after that, no. Now here, this one I don't think is going to happen. But there might be something to this one. 
Florida Panthers tried to trade Sergei Bobrovsky all throughout the season last year. Now, if Florida retains some money, because I'm not paying Sergei Bobrovsky $10 million. I'm sorry. I just I, I think it's ludicrous that goalies are making $10 million a year. It's just, you know, we saw it with Broder. He made like five point two. Like, he always took less money to help the team out. Now, if you can get Florida retained, not maybe not half of that, but you bring the cap hit down to about, whether it's 8.5 or 7.5, he's only got four years left. So let me check. I believe Sergey Bobrovsky, he's not that, I don't think he's that old. Sergey Bobrovsky is 33. Right. So you take him from 33 to about 37. Is that a deal you're considering? You definitely think you have to think long and hard about. Maybe. What do I have to give up? Yeah, that's 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 the key there, right? I'm like even hesitant just... to throw in a prospect. I'm I'm like normally I'm all for trading prospects that are not named Alexander Holtz or Luke Hughes, but it's just like, what do I want to trade a promising prospect for an aging goalie that's only going to give me three years at most? So that's yeah, the question. What do I have to give up? If it's like Pavel Zaka or something like that, I'd say, absolutely. Go ahead. Bye. Don't let the door hit you on your way out. Maybe a Schmidt or a Dawes, but they do really well in Utica. And if you, and you know, Dawes was able to have somewhat of a solid year, obviously he was wildly inconsistent, but still uh, he was put into a position that he was not prepared for and he had no business of being in. So that's obviously something you have to take into consideration, but it's just like, you know, trading, what, what do I trade? Like, what do I give up? Because if, if it's a late round draft pick, like, you know, like a fifth rounder or, or something like that, I'd be like, okay, fine, do it by all means. But, but just like a, like if it's a prospect or, or even a, like a player, like of a Miles Wood of, of certain, of certain way, I'd say, no, I just don't, I just don't, I just think it's too risky. I agree, and I think that's a move you make only if you're really, really close, and you need like a goalie to put you over the hump. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the um, thing I want. That's the thing I want people to know, which is like you know the thing with the Devils is that we are close to getting back to the playoffs, but we cannot rush the process. If you rush the process, you're actually extending it. So we got to be smart and conservative about it. So my thing is like, go for a goalie, go for someone who can you know you know be a big impact for us. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, don't be stupid and trade away valuable assets that can help you in the future. Exactly. And we've seen it, you know, when Ray Shiro was here. Shiro's thing was he and he was like this everywhere he was. He's he always swung for the fences. Okay, like he was always known to make a big move. We saw it with Taylor Hall. Kind of had to make that trade. I mean, I would have made that trade. I'm sure you would have made that trade if you were the general manager at the time. But Shiro tried to rush the rebuild and he got fired for it. Fitzgerald came in. As much as Blake Coleman is missed by Devils fans, I would have made that trade if I was offered that. 
they had no choice but to make that trade at the time. I would have made that trade. Like he was, nobody expected him to get what he got in return for Blake Coleman. Now, could the Devils use a guy like Blake Coleman right now? Absolutely, they missed Blake Coleman. Like, but if you notice now with what Fitzgerald did, he let the kids play, and I can sit here now and say since he took over as GM. And what I saw last season, I actually feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel for this rebuild. Like, I, I, it just, been saying it, you know, people say the Devils have been rebuilding for 10 years. Well, no. They started rebuilding it really in 2015. They had a surprise run to the playoffs. And we got too greedy. Yeah, they got greedy and they went for it because they tried to please Taylor Hall to stay and it didn't work out. And then now you're seeing guys like Mercer and all those guys come up. And, you know, if they want Alexander Holtz to succeed, because we've seen him struggle when he's got called up. Don't put him on a line with Mason Geertsen on the fourth line for crying out loud. I watched that and I was like, what are we doing here? Like, why don't we just send him back to Utica at this point? He needs to play with Heischer and Hughes. If he wants to be successful, see that's now, a, like I don't mean to like you. I, I don't mean to interrupt you, but you are absolutely right about that. That's why Alexander Holtz was able to do so well during training camp in the preseason was because we put him in a better position to succeed and get his numbers. So I just want to. So I just want to say you're absolutely correct in in that sort of regards. So that's going to do it for part one. Part two will be posted tomorrow morning. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this discussion with Jake Wakely. There's still more to talk about, but as for today, that's all the time we have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And Jake and I will catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.